Wildcats to another episode of the Weber State Weekly Men's Hoop Show. We are a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Colby Peterson. On today's show, we're going to be talking a little bit about last week's games hit the road and it was green team week. So went to California to face Sac State in the nest, which is a garbage facility. And then also uh, took the trip up to Portland State and uh, took on PSU. Kind of funny. The Wildcats in Portland were Dame Lillard right here. Well, over there in Utah, in Salt Lake, representing Weber State, rocking the jersey for the three point contest and getting the dub. So we'll talk a little bit about those two games. Wildcats on the road. And then uh, I got a segment, I got an idea for another podcast that I've been listening to. And so uh, I got an idea for you folks to kind of get a little bit involved, give us your takes. And so I'm going to call it Wildcat Rants poll. What we're going to do is we're going to give you uh, three, three things that uh, are grinding our gears this week. Then we're going to put that in a poll on social media and we're going to see what you guys think. Which one is grinding your gears too? I don't know. We'll see. Find out soon. But before we get into all that, I want to encourage everyone, please subscribe to the show. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, great places to find Weaver State Weekly, Google Podcasts, we're there too. So any place you get your podcasts, we're probably there. So go check it out. We're also on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, great places to find us. Uh, I noticed that a lot of people have been DMing us on Twitter lately. I think people are getting hacked. If if you randomly get a DM for an Instagram uh, link, don't answer it, man. I think that's how people are getting hacked. So, uh, But if you want to DM us about other things, Feel free. We're, we're glad to reply. If you have ideas or you want something to be shared in our Instagram stories, we're glad to support there as well. So, uh, yeah, hit us up on social media. Glad to talk to you. And if you got advice, you got ideas, you want to be on the show, you want to be a panelist, you know where to find us. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And then, of course, Patreon. You go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly and uh, become a patron there. Support Weber State Weekly and the work we're trying to do. We're making our way through the end here of basketball season. I realized uh, in an interview that I did last night with the conference uh, that that's an interview that will have dropped in the feed by the time you get this podcast. Uh, so check that out. Interview with Janie Nadalski from the big sky conference, uh, former wildcat herself, but now working for the big sky conference a long time um, commissioner or uh, associate commissioner senior. Uh, I got the title wrong, but anyway, she's worked at the conference for a super long time after graduating from Weber state, talking a little bit about title nine, about its impact on uh, women in the big sky conference. And those, those student athletes that were able to play for the various schools in the conference. And also some of the work that they're doing in the big sky at the, con- at the conference tournament in Boise in just a couple weeks, folks, it's a, uh, it's like a week away. It's uh it's crazy. So crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, by the time you get this, the season will be pretty close to done. Um, next Monday, Northern Arizona, take the trip to Flagstaff, and that'll be all she wrote for the regular season slate. And we'll look forward to conference play or the conference tournament getting started on the 4th of March. And on the 5th of March, they'll be doing an alumni uh, reception. So if you know anybody who was a, a student athlete at Weber, at Weber State or any of the other Big Sky schools who played maybe volleyball, softball, Women's basketball, obviously, that's a draw for the conference tournament. Um, let them know. RSVP, the link will be in the description of this podcast. And uh, forward that on to them and uh, make sure that they can show up to that wonderful reception. I might even show up myself. I'm told it's going to be a good time. So go check that out and make sure folks know about it. And then also, uh, we'll get our premium preview up this week. I didn't get it up for the green teams last week. I was super busy. I'm sorry with work. But I'm going to get it up this week because we have an Eastern Washington game coming up, which will be really, really important. And then uh, the, the senior night will be Idaho. Idaho currently in the basement in the conference. But uh, you never know. That's a team that can 
who knows? They might get plucky. So we'll see. But uh, we'll get a premium preview up for those because that Eastern contest, I think, going to be a big one because Eastern right now knocking on the door of that 2003 Weber State Wildcat team, the only team in conference history to go undefeated in conference play all the way through to the conference championship before facing Wisconsin in the first round of the NCAA tournament and falling to them. But the Jermaine Boyette version of the Weber State Wildcats are legends. And the 2023, 2022, 2023 Eastern Washington Eagles are knocking on their door right now. So somebody needs to hand them an L to make sure that that does not happen. I hope it's the Wildcats, but we'll talk about that in our premium preview. So if you're a Patreon supporter, go check that out when it drops. Hope to do it soon. Get it out for you folks. Uh, because like I said, I feel super bad that uh, we are not able to get you the premium previews for the green teams last week. So last week, uh, like we said, Wildcats taking the trip out to Sacramento first to face Sac State and then taking the trip up to Portland State to face the Vikings on Saturday night while Dame Lillard was shooting his heart out and winning the three-point trophy wearing a custom Weber State jersey. If you if you notice, they, they sort of made it, Brett Hine from the Standard Examiner pointed this out, that they sort of made it like he's wearing his college jersey. It's like, well, he didn't wear his old college jersey, what they did is they got the the black and purple alternate for this season. And uh, they got him a custom version of that. And my understanding is that uh, it was made locally in Ogden. And I got him some cool shorts to go with it and uh, all that. But uh, that was going on while the Wildcats were up in Portland, taking on Portland State and the Vikings and getting a couple of dubs. So two wins this week. I think sorely needed to keep the pressure on. Weber State now basically locked into that, I think, three spot. If I understood what Brett Hine had said on Twitter, just a couple of days ago that with the two wins, the Wildcats couldn't fall any further than four. I think at this point, because Montana lost to Montana state in a brawl of the wild cat Grizz matchup in Bozeman on Saturday, big game it was close. Montana made a run at them, but um, we're not able to pull out the win. And so I guess it's the first time since 1999 that they swept them in both both men's and women's hoops games beat the Grizz for both those. So Montana State riding high right now and the Grizz licking their wounds. But for the Wildcats right now, looking really good, kind of locked into their spot. And I think that they're where they want to be because, um, you know, it's not that you don't want to face Eastern Washington because I'm not, they're a good team, obviously, but I'm not, I'm not afraid to face them. And the win against Montana State a couple of weeks ago kind of showed that the Wildcats can take on really anybody. They can play anybody. Yes, they didn't win in Cheney. Um, we'll have to see how this game goes this week against Eastern Washington, but it was a close game as well on their floor. Road game for the Wildcats. So, yeah, we'll just have to see how things go. But um, I, I like I like the Wildcats' chances. Anything can happen. This, this is going to be a fun tournament. So let's talk about a little bit about uh, what we liked from this last week couple of things that I noticed uh, watching the games and then going back through the stats to kind of look for trends. Um, I noticed that the defense overall. Really great defensive effort in both games. And I understand that these are road games, but the Wildcats did a pretty good job of holding both teams to a fairly low scoring rate. So Sac State held to just 49 points. Now the Wildcats only muster 52 themselves, um, but 
they they hold them to just 49 points to give you an idea of where they're at. Sac State right now averaging 64.9. Now that is dead last in the conference. They're averaging 64.9 points a game, but holding them to 49, I think a credit to the Wildcat defense because they needed every single bit of that. The Wildcats just ahead of them, just a little bit, averaging 65.9 points a game. So, you know, Wildcats nine, Sac State 10 in terms of offense. Um, so it's not like they're two high-powered offenses, but Wildcats get it done defensively against the, the Hornets and keep themselves in it with good, with stellar defense. And then the same thing on Saturday against Portland State. Portland State right now, after after that contest, averaging 72.8 points a game. Portland State only able, able to muster 57 against the Wildcat defense. You know, this is uh, when the Wildcats, they put up 38 points in the second half of that game. So really impressive. Great uh, offensive answer. Wildcats scoring 65 themselves. And so getting right there close to their average. Yep. 64. 65. 0.9 points a game. So, you know, not bad. Not a bad showing. But I liked the defensive effort because not only did they, they hold them in both games, both Sac State and Portland State to low scoring outings, I think that really impressed me was perimeter defense. I mean, in this game, so in the Sac State game, Hornets shot 29% from three in that game. To give you context, like, well, what do they normally shoot, Colby? Right now, Sac State as a team shoots averages 33%. So holding them below that average. Then on Saturday against, Sa- against Portland State, the Wildcats hold the Vikings in their own gym to just 15.8% shooting from three. Hornets, uh, the Vikings actually averaging right now uh, 34% from three. So just halved that. Just a great defensive effort I felt on in both games for the Wildcats. Did a really good job. They um, they also, I guess, talk about the next thing. They, they owned the boards, which I think is a really, really key part of that. They did not give a lot of second chance opportunities to these teams, both Sac State and Portland State. So just to give you an idea, seven offensive rebounds for Sac State on Thursday night, and then a little bit more for Portland State, 10, but defensive rebounds, they only had 18. They only So that means Portland State comes in with 28 rebounds. Meanwhile, the Wildcats, 42 rebounds in that game. Just absolutely owned the glass in that game. And I think it makes a huge difference because it was a little bit close going into that late in that second half. Uh, Dylan Jones did a great job of kind of taking over giving the team the lift that they needed to break free and get the win. But great job on the glass in both games, even though the Sac State rebound margin a little bit close to the Wildcats, just mustering one more rebound, but makes a difference because it it ended up being a one possession game. The Wildcats win that one by just three points, 52 to 49. And so it makes the difference. Those extra possessions. Next thing I wanted to talk about, I guess, well, the final thing that I'll talk about, Things that we liked in this one, offensive rebounds, particularly. We mentioned that just a second ago. Wildcats in in the in the Sac State game, matching Sac State's mark of seven offensive rebounds each. So being competitive right there. But then in the Portland State game, four, 13 offensive rebounds to Portland State's ten, and um, it's just a number I like to see because Weber has not been 
awesome uh, at the offensive rebound game. They're they average 6.7 per game. That's ninth in the conference. So it's not like we're crashing the offensive glass all the time. Now, overall, as a team overall, they're a great, a pretty good um, rebounding team. But defensive rebounds are really the calling card. Wildcats third in the in the conference right now, twenty five point three a game. So when you're when you're adding all of those offensive rebounds, just extra possessions, usually underneath the basket, you know, hopefully creating high percentage shots or getting fouled, getting sent to the free throw line. That was a, a fair bit of that in in both of these contests. The Wildcats ended up shooting eighteen free throws in Thursday's contest against Sac State, and then shooting seventeen. Nope, shooting nineteen on Saturday. So offensive rebounds, you know, trying to put the ball back up, puts you in good situations to get fouled. And then if you can go and you can capitalize on those, it's free points. And the Wildcats have done it. I think a, a relatively good job of shooting from the free throw line. I mean, right now as a team, keep in mind, this is as a team. And so there are some, obviously some players that have been really, really good. Some players that have struggled that are still working on that aspect of their game. The Wildcats in seventh in the conference, shooting 72%. Just to put that in context, Montana is has the best mark in the conference. They're shooting 78%. So, yeah, six percentage points, but that's where the Wildcats are at as a team, and I think they're doing a pretty pretty good job overall. And so grabbing those rebounds really makes a difference in getting yourself opportunities like that. Um, in terms of attempts, I mean, the Wildcats are fifth in the conference in attempts, right? So opportunities to go and shoot. And, um, you know, Montana State far and away ahead of them. I've got takes on that. <laughs> if you watch the Cat Grizz game on Saturday, <laughs> you, it was another whistle fest. If you folks will remember the last time uh, that game was in Bozeman. And if you folks remember the last time that the Wildcats played uh, but the Bobcats in Bozeman, um, it was a whistle fest as well. And so it seems like it's just been a lot of whistle fests up there. And so it kind of makes sense. Montana State also a very physical team. They like to play in the paint. That's what they like. Great Osabor and Jabril Bello, both really big guys who like to play in the post. Makes sense that they would make a, get opportunity to shoot a lot of free throws. But the Wildcats doing a good job taking care of their own, but grabbing those rebounds, key, key piece of that. So now let's flip the script. Let's talk about what we didn't like. Um, always room for improvement, obviously. And uh, this game was no different. And so some things that we didn't necessarily love uh, as we watched both of these games the three-point shooting was abysmal. It was bad. The last couple of weeks, it has been bad. Um, three-point ball has not really been the Wildcats' friend. There, there have been some really key and clutch moments where the Wildcats have been able to pull out wins or be competitive because of the three. But these were not a, a good couple of games behind the arc. On Thursday night, the Wildcats shoot 2 of 12. That's 16.7%. It's a terrible night on Saturday against Portland State, a little bit better mark, but still not a great mark. 25%. They shot three of 12. So they made one extra three on Saturday that they didn't make on, on uh, Thursday. And it improves their percentage points by, you know, eight roughly, but not great outings. You know, one of seven in the first half on Thursday, then one of five in the second half on Saturday, one of eight in the first half, two of four in the second half. So just, Really, really cold shooting. And it's tough because I think that both of these games look a lot different if those shots fall, if they get a little bit more comfortable 
and they start to see those those balls go down a little bit more, even even two or three more of those shots really makes a big difference in terms of the overall score. Because some of the, I mean, the Portland State game wasn't as close. The Sac State game was. If a couple more of those shots fall, it's a different game. They don't feel like they can win. Sac State not in a great place right now as a team. But it has felt like the Wildcats have just struggled lately shooting the three. There have been some big moments, some key threes. But as a team, not necessarily as automatic as other teams in the conference have been. We just saw Montana the other night in the Palace. They're a great three-point shooting team. They're the best in the conference, in fact, shooting 39%. Weber, eighth in the conference at 33%. So not the best mark. It's not like anybody's is nobody in the conference is above 40%. I mean, Montana's knocking on the door at 39.9%, but nobody's nobody's above 40%, but the Wildcats in the bottom half of the conference in terms of three-point shooting, and uh, which I think is maybe a little bit surprising considering the guys that we have on the floor and their ability. I mean, guys like Zaire Porter, who have in the past done a really good job. Steve Plankin has had big moments. Junior Ballard has had big moments. Dylan Jones is able to knock down those threes when, when it matters. Dyson Kohler has come up big in some of those moments. Not consistently, and I think that's where it's been a little bit of a challenge. And so maybe a little bit scary going into the conference tournament in about a week and a half or so. And so you hope that that's something that can get cleaned up or that guys can have a little bit of confidence going into the conference tournament because if the Wildcats can shoot the three well and they can keep the rebound numbers where they've been because they've been winning the rebound battle for the most part. They've been doing a great job. I think that they can be a very, very dangerous team in the conference tournament, but those threes have got to fall. When the threes fall, it just opens up the offense so much more. And so it's not necessarily, a, oh, they just need to practice more. It's just um, it's, it's just how things are going that day. <laughs> I don't know. It's tough to say, uh, but hopefully things go well. But three-point shooting it, this last week, not great. Not a great sign as we as we sit here about a week and a half away from the conference tournament. So hopefully something that heats up this week against Eastern and Idaho. And I mean, I think there's opportunity there too, because um, Eastern, a better three-point defending team, so probably not the game to have that. But Idaho, eighth in the conference, defending the three-point line. They've given up 37.8% to. And what's crazy is these last two games, Sac State and Portland State, like these are games that you should have absolutely burned down the nets. Sac State is ninth in the conference at defending the three-point line. They're giving up 38.5%. Portland State is dead last in the conference defending the three-point line. They're giving up 38.8%. Like if there was going to be a game where the Wildcats made a lot of threes, this was going to be the one and they just didn't fall. And I think that I, that just demonstrates what I just said, where it's it's not necessarily that the defense is making it very, very difficult. It's just, you know, the ball didn't go down. Ball didn't go in the hoop. And so... It goes that way sometimes. So we'll see what they get against uh, Idaho and Eastern Washington. Because you, you never know. Eastern at number two in the conference, giving up only 31.7%. The Wildcats might rip the nets absolutely on that night in the Palace on a Thursday night. You never know. We'll have to see. But didn't didn't love the three-point shooting. Um, bench points were another bone of contention, I think, in these two. Wildcats mustering just four bench points on Thursday. And then they and then they muster a little bit better mark on, on Saturday, but only 12. 12 of the 65 points came off from the bench. That's just not good enough. And of those 12, nine were Zaire Porter. There's only, you know, Anjay Tamba only making three himself. 
And so it's, it's something I think that has to, the guys on the bench gotta show up and they gotta chip in uh, because if something happens and you'd have a guy who is, you know, not starting for whatever reason, like Zaire Porter, I think is kind of the sixth man coming off of the bench. If he's not shooting the ball well, you well, know, where's the bench production going to come from? So gotta, gotta get more bench points, take the pressure off of some of the starters uh, and just be a few more guys on the, on the floor that are putting the ball in the hoop and making the defense have to guard guys, which is going to, you know, yield benefits to coach Duff's system and he'll be able to run it the way he wants because the defense has to cover everyone. They can't just focus in on a Dylan Jones or a Steve or Plankin. Final mark. Uh, last thing I really, I mean, and you guys are probably super sick of hearing me say this, but the assist numbers are low again. The Wildcats didn't even make double digit assists in either of these games. They had seven on Thursday night. That's a lie on my bad. They had 10 on, on Saturday. So they they get to uh, the the ten mark. Four of those assists coming from Dylan Jones. Four coming from KJ Cunningham. Uh, KJ has been doing, I think, a lot better job distributing the ball and just creating opportunities for guys, even when he's not hitting the shots that he wants. But the, the assist numbers got to come up. It's the secret sauce to what Eastern Washington has been doing. They are the best assisting team in the conference. Number one, far and away, by nearly let's see, fifteen, fourteen, fifteen. Two whole assists over Sac State at 13.73. So Eastern Washington right now averaging 15.87. The Wildcats are in the basement. They're averaging just 10.2 assists per game as dead last in the conference. And I think that, I mean, like I said, you guys are probably sick of hearing me say it, but if the Wildcats assist the ball a little bit better, that just that makes the def- the offense flow so much better. Things just work so much better. And a lot of that is, you know, moving off ball, finding guys. Cause I've noticed that there are guys making the rotations. They're doing the things that the coaching staff wants to do. They're just not finding them on those rotations. And so they're doing the hard work of like setting screens, moving, you know, drawing the defense to them. But then the person with the ball isn't necessarily finding them in opportunities. And so if you watch some of that off ball movement, whether you're in the palace or you're watching on ESPN plus, you'll see that there are opportunities to find guys in the paint where there are reasonable windows to pass the ball. And uh, guys are just missing them. They're not seeing them. So the assist numbers go up. (sighs) Wildcats are a dangerous, dangerous team. So hopefully that's something that can improve because if you're going to keep up with a team, a high powered offense like Eastern Washington this week, Eastern's averaging 81 points a game. It's crazy. It's just a crazy number to average. Uh, and they're on a you know fifteen and zero. It's a seventeen game win streak, I believe, right now. So, yeah, that offense is ready to go. It is rip roaring, ready to go. So you gotta have to keep up with that. Best way to do that: share the ball. So MVP for these two. This one was easy because to me it was Dylan Jones. And you're gonna say, "Oh, Colby, that's a cop out." But he, let me tell you why. I think Jones gets the MVP in this one. Yes, of course, you can look at the scoring numbers and say, yeah, he's, you know, he he led all scorers. Uh, well, not all scorers. Let me just make sure. Yeah, not all scorers in the uh in the Sac State game, but he led all Wildcats with 13 points in, in the Sac State game. And then he leads, he didn't lead all scorers in the Portland State game either. There was two points behind Cam Parker, Portland State, uh, 25 points. DJ had 23. But um, chipped in a lot of good things. He had a double-double in, I think, both games this last week. Yes, double-double in both games. And, uh, you know, chipping in three assists on Thursday, four assists on uh, Saturday. 
getting steals. Uh, just you know, do it all, DJ. You know, they're doing the thing. But the thing, the reason that I'm picking DJ for these, you know, aside from the stat sheet, aside from what we saw, was the stretch at which he scored a lot of those points in both of these games. If you watched on ESPN Plus, which by the way, if you missed the game and you didn't get it on ESPN Plus, you can always go back and rewatch them. That's a nice feature that they have on ESPN Plus. If you missed the game, you want to go back. I've done that a number of times and it's a really nice feature. So if you miss them, you can always go back and rewatch. And, um, to take advantage. But in this one, DJ did a really good job of scoring points late in the second half, you know, kind of like that fourth quarter ish area where we're, we're under 10 minutes. Usually most of these cases, we were under five minutes where he really started to turn things on and give the wildcats opportunities. Cause against Sac state, you know, there was a, there was a stretch there where it looked like, Oh man, the wildcats could lose this game. It's not looking good. And then DJ, he rattles off some some really, really key plays late, late, late in the game. And it creates the separation that the Wildcats need. And part of that is, you know, he's getting steals. He's hitting free throws. He's getting key rebounds. And he's scoring he's scoring shots that uh, really, really, really make the difference and create the separation. Because there's a point where um, Weber is down three. And there are about three minutes and 43 seconds left. So. Wildcats uh, hitting a three, call timeout. Dylan Jones comes right back, hits a two, and then scores a, a, a he hits a, he gets a foul on the other side, or he gets the end one and he gets two, uh, and he ties the game himself. And then just kind of like those kinds of, I don't know, I really have, I feel that Dylan Jones has really come into his own this season and become that guy. That guy that late in the game that you can rely on to get a bucket. Yeah, if you remember, you know, that's what Jarek Harding was. Jarek Harding was late in the game. If you needed a bucket, he could be that guy that could get you something if you needed it. And Dylan Jones has definitely become that this season, it feels, where he is when when the chips are down and the Wildcats need a bucket, he's the guy that they're going to go to. Think about the Idaho State win. Um, these two wins where he just kind of takes things over late in the game. Really, really, really big part of his game that he's added this year and big reason why the Wildcats have won these games. And so got to give DJ the MVP to both because same thing in the Portland State game, a little bit more cushion there, but DJ also late puts in some really key buckets, keeps the pressure on Portland State to catch up and they never do. And so, and it also just kind of gives the team confidence that like this breathing room, we, we got this. Don't panic. Don't turn the ball over. Those kinds of things. You don't need to worry. Um, so got to give DJ my uh, my back-to-back MVPs for these two games this week. So that was our recap of last week's games against the green teams of Green Team Week. And so come away with two dubs because you don't lose to the green teams, folks. And the Wildcats did not. The men did not lose to the green teams last week. So I'd love to see that. Now let's turn our attention to our next segment where we're going to talk about Wildcat rants. We're going to kind of tell you guys what's what's grinding our gears, man. What is grinding our gears? And so uh, I'm going to, like I said at the top, I'm going to put these out here. I'm going to explain kind of why these three things I've chosen are grinding the gears. I'm going to put them in. Polls on Facebook and on, well, I'll put them in all, all three. I'll put them in our Instagram stories. You can vote for them there. 
We'll put them in the Facebook group. By the way, if you're not in that Facebook group in on Facebook, go check it out. Weaver State fans. It's a great group of folks, man. Been growing too. So, and then also we'll put it on Twitter, one of our favorite places. But yeah. So first thing, wow, wow, that is really just annoying me, man. Green teams. Green teams annoy me. I mean, we've made no bones about that. If you listen to the show in recent weeks, talked about if there was one team that uh, I just loathe, I don't like. Sac State is one of those teams. We should never lose to them. I don't like them. <laughs> they annoy me. So, yeah, it's nice. Uh, green teams are annoying, but the Wildcats get two wins this week uh, on the men's side. So I like that. But man, these green teams just the worst. I mean, I've I made I made it known at the top. The nest. Yeah, Sac State's gym. I looked the the attendance numbers. Nine hundred people showed up to that gym. Nine hundred. That's it. Wildcats are averaging fifty two hundred at the in the palace this year. This just kind of give you a contrast of who they are and who we are. So the nest is junk. Green teams are junk. Wildcats get the dub. But the next thing, uh, this is non-sports related. As I saw, sat here and thought about this segment, I was like, man, what is something that just really annoys me? And this could be a perennial. This doesn't have to necessarily be a thing this week, but I do want to get you guys' feedback. So um, let me know what you think of this one. So people that drive like no one else exists. Uh, so here in Tennessee, there are a lot of roads that are two lane. So once you get off some of the main highways, it's really just two lane roads and they're really, really windy. Uh, Middle Tennessee here is very, very hilly. It's, uh, you know, if you think about it, East Tennessee, where the Smoky Mountains are, uh, it's very mountainous, obviously. And then it kind of calms down a little bit in Middle Tennessee, where Nashville is. And then by the time you get to Memphis, you're, you're near the Mississippi River. Things have flattened out quite a bit. And uh, it's just kind of, you know, it's just Delta country. So I, there's a lot of really hilly drives, you know, on the way to work or whatever. And people just, they just drive like no one else exists back on those roads, man. And it is so annoying. So don't be that guy. Don't drive like no one else exists. Let me know what you guys think about that though. I mean, maybe I'm just being, uh, maybe I'm blowing this thing over, but you guys can let me know in social media this week, what you think. And then the last one, uh, man, people that hate on the, the, the conference tournament in Boise. Like, I just don't get it. I love the conference tournament in Boise. I haven't gone since 2019. Hoping to go uh, this in, in a couple of weeks. But yeah, man. Like, I don't get why you wouldn't love going to Boise, going to the tournament. It's a good time. It's right downtown. The restaurants are good. Uh, it's not crazy. You know, there are plenty of things to do that are not basketball related, which in this year's conference tournament, you know, things are they're more at night, I guess. Like the, the, it's not like boom, 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 boom. We got all these games all at once. Uh, I don't know. Things are just, it just feels like things are a little bit more balanced this year. And I just, I just love going to Boise. I love the conference tournament in Boise. I never went to Reno, uh, but from what I heard from everybody, they didn't love going to Reno anyway. And I definitely don't want to go back to conference schools in the conference hosting the conference tournament. Cause this year that would mean everybody has to go to Cheney, Washington. Does anybody want to go to Cheney, Washington? Cause I don't, but that's what it would mean. And so it's nice that the conference has gone to neutral site because we don't have to go to Cheney, Washington last year. Everybody would have had to go to Bozeman. Uh, I don't want to go to Bozeman either. So I love going to Boise much easier to get to for me. Uh, and I think for a lot of folks in the conference, so if you're a hater on on Big Sky and Boise, oh, you're just you're in the wrong, man. Big Sky and Boise is great. 
So that's Wildcat Rants for this week. Like we said, we put in the poll up on social media so you can check that out, see what's good, and uh, let me know what you think. So now let's look at our upcoming schedule. Uh, just a few games remaining. Like we said, three games remain on the schedule and then one guaranteed conference game, you know, depending on what happens up in Boise. But this Thursday, February 23rd, Wildcats will be facing regular season conference champs. It is official. Eastern Washington, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time in the Palace. Tickets at WeaverStateSports.com, ESPN Plus, or 1031 The Wave. This is a wide-out game. I noticed that today on the WSU Destruction, which is the, the student section, which, by the way, they've been doing a great job. Loving what those guys are doing right now. Uh, it's a wide-out game, so if you've got uh, if you've got uh, uh, purple and white shirts, make sure to wear those. It's uh, But wide-out. Get out there if you, I mean, if you showed up to some of the women's games last year, you would have got a free white and purple t-shirt, which would have been perfect for this game. So I guess what I'm telling you is show up to more women's games. But anyway, white out game Thursday night against Eastern Washington. Uh, really need to beat them because we need to, we need to defend the honor of the 2003 Wildcats. Then Saturday, February 25th, senior night in the palace. Idaho comes to town, face the Wildcats, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Tickets at WeaverStateSports.com. ESPN Plus or 103 won the wave. Um, I don't know who's leaving. I don't know that. Uh, well, definitely Steve Verplanken and definitely Junior Ballard. This will be their last rodeo. But aside from that, I think everybody else returns next season. So a couple of guys will be making their way out. Guys who have had, I think, a pretty good impact uh, on the Wildcats in their, in their lone season in, in the purple and white. But make sure to show up on Saturday night. Support them. And root the Wildcats on to a nice resounding win against Idaho. Then Monday, February 27th, uh, conference slate wraps up in Flagstaff against Northern Arizona, who have suffered a string of heartbreaking losses lately. Uh, been, ah, it's just tough for them. And so this is a, this has the makings of a trap game if I ever saw one. I mean, you're going to Northern Arizona, last game of the season. They stink. They've got something to prove. Wildcats probably locked up their spot at that point. I don't know, man. We'll see how this one goes. But 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, ESPN Plus or 103 on the wave. Check that one out. Um, and then we'll just kind of see how things go. And then conference tournament starts in Boise. It will go from March 4th to the 8th. So the women's comp, uh, the women's tournament will start on the 4th. Uh, I think the men start on the 5th, which is Sunday. And then it will run until Wednesday, the championship game, uh, which will be that night, Wednesday night. And so should be a good one. And then we will crown a champion at the end. So get your information, bigskyandboise.com. My understanding is the White Dog Brewery is the fan zone place. So we'll probably be doing something up there. And then uh, if you go to bigskyandboise.com, it'll tell you what team, uh, what hotel the team is staying at as well. So if you're interested in staying in the same hotel as the team, you can get that information. It's um, all there for you on bigskyandboise.com. So looking forward to seeing some Wildcat faces up there. So we'll wrap up the show. WeberStateWeekly at gmail.com if you want to email us. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, like I said, patreon.com slash WeberStateWeekly for those who want to become patrons and support us. Uh, really appreciate you folks for doing that. And then uh, the, the website, WeberStateWeekly.com. Um, appreciate you all for listening to Weber State Weekly. Uh, always appreciate your support. If you know anybody that's interested or that cares about Wildcat sports, make sure they know about Weber State Weekly. And uh, let's keep the Wildcats out there informed. We'll wrap it up like we always do. Weaver State, Weaver State. Great, great, great. Go Wildcats. Wildcats.